everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spiders, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. Well, we're back this week. We've got some uh, some quick news to cover. Uh, some of it nice and some of it not so nice uh, before we uh, move into an, uh, another uh, interview, uh, this time with uh, the sheriff himself, Austin Trammell. So that's exciting. Yeah, we need to ask how you get that nickname. I don't know if I've heard the story yet. We'll put that on the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyhow, I, you know, good news, bad news, all aside, I, I pinched myself because I, I, I think back to this time last year where we were wishing we had sports to complain about. We still found ways to entertain ourselves, but <laughs> I'd rather pass on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we had uh, actual spring practice. That happened. Yeah. So that uh, first you alluded to it, a couple housekeeping things. So we had spring practice, a lot of write-ups and stuff on the practice itself and then kind of some big picture takeaways offense defense uh, this week next uh, next couple days I should have something out exclusively on the quarterback battle which would not be rice if we did not have an interesting quarterback battle going into fall camp so uh, go ahead and if you're not subscribing on patreon patreon.com slash at the roost you can get all our spring stuff there um, recruiting updates and insights rice picked up its first commit of the uh, 2022 cycle, which is is crazy that we're already there. Um, so th- that was pretty wild. Uh, Ken with a truly excellent last name, I must say. Is that is that you know how how sure are you? Hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know how what that weighs in their evaluation process, but yeah, I'm making sure I have all my stuff. Where'd my list go? Uh, Davion Carter, of course. Uh, he was actually the first defensive offer for the staff for this cycle. So being able to land uh, your top recruit at the uh, very onset of the class is nice. Rice picked up a head-to-head win over Baylor to get his services. So just you know, six foot two eighty. Picture another you know DeBraylin Carroll in the trenches and just reloading there. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty decent. Yeah, I'll take it. I think it. that's 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 now two straight years because that was the same case for uh, DJ Arkansas, wasn't it? That he was the the first defensive offer in the club offer in the class. That's correct. So one for one on on top defensive offers. So that's that's a plus. There is no there's no Carter University, I believe. We got Arkansas <laughs> over Arkansas. We need to. Can we get like Cedric Alabama next year? That'll be yeah, the ask. Yeah, we, yeah. Just cover the whole. Uh, well, your other uh, fan fan. Fanda, any any Vanderbilt out there left to recruit? Yeah, why not? So we'll take it. Yeah, but you can get recruiting news and stuff uh, if you go ahead and subscribe to Patreon. We'll we'll start getting some some recurring updates there as kind of things pick up over the course of the summer. Now that I guess we're going to have visits of some sort tentatively with the NCAA kind of rolling back those restrictions. So there'll be a lot going on there. So make sure you're not missing out on that front. And then we do have a couple non-football notes to get to uh, before we get back to football uh, with Austin. So do we yeah. want the, the bad news or the bad news? Huh. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> obviously the biggest news in Rice Sports uh, as of late is that uh, Tina Langley, the women's basketball coach, has been hired away to the University of Washington. Um, Alabama native Tina Langley, sadly, going to the... to the. Is this right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew that at one point, and then I had... Uh, I had forgotten it, and then I saw it in a 
in a discussion on Facebook about the hire. So, yeah, but she's she's headed off to the to the Northwest, um, which, you know, she has led the program to perhaps its most successful stretch ever over the last few seasons. And so obviously we wish her all the best, but uh, that's a gut punch nonetheless. And then uh, the uh, unfortunate um, perhaps cascade effect there is that Nancy Mulkey is now in the transfer portal. Um, and yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in some ways this is very much a situation like with Blaze Aldridge, right? Like, she is. She was a senior. Would not have this additional year of eligibility if not for COVID. And so, um, you know, and, and I, I would stress that this is total speculation on my part. But it, this seems like a similar sort of thing as with Blaze, where it's like she's got this extra bonus year. Um, she is kind of a fringe WNBA prospect. I've seen her. Uh, the the WNBA draft is uh, well the day of if you if you're listening to this on the on the release date on Thursday the 15th uh, tomorrow as of recording time i believe she has withdrawn from the the draft itself but i had seen mock drafts that had her at the very end of the third round which is the last round of the WNBA draft and so she kind of has an unexpected opportunity to improve her stock here perhaps by i don't know you know just total total random like Possibly she intends to follow Coach Langley to Washington, possibly move to a bigger program in, um, you know, somewhere nearby. You know, she is from the Houston area. She played at um, one of the high schools in Cyprus, I think, with uh, with Erica Gwumake. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her move to a program where she can kind of show out on a bigger stage. But, you know, maybe this is also just a thing where she wants to keep her options open while Rice is looking for a new coach. So, uh we will see, but obviously Nancy was uh, an integral part of this this huge, huge run. And so regardless of her decision, you know, we wish her all the best and, and are, are very, very grateful for the things that she's done for this program in the time that she was there. Yeah, and I think we got to start the, the discussion with, with Langley and with, with Nancy. I just use a last name and the first name, Tina Langley, Nancy Mulkey, both of them. What they built is arguably one of the better runs a program at Rice has had outside of, you know, baseball when they were going to the World Series every other mm-hmm. year, it felt like. So so doing that uh, in itself was an incredible accomplishment. And Langley was a, a candidate last last hiring cycle last summer, I guess, for the for the Duke job. And with as, as good of a job as she's done, I'd have to go back. I think she coached in in five conference losses in her last three years at rice is that right uh it was none two years ago and then two probably two, two each and one, one. yeah and then the the conference tournament this year so yeah i think yeah. five which is just incredible so 750 winning percentage uh at uh i just had that pulled up in front of me uh, over the last five seasons, so that one year to get get going. So what she accomplished was was incredible, and this was this was a move that you know nobody in the the Rice administration was caught off guard by. This was one of those things that she has has literally done uh, everything that she possibly could for this program, and I think this year probably stressed it as much as any as any of them did because uh, she had Nancy Mulkey and a team that had you know been on a rampage through the conference, lost the conference tournament and couldn't make the NCAA tournament because of the schedule and 
Conference USA being, uh, you know, more more or less a one bid league, won the WNIT. I, that's that's as, as clear an indication as anything that she's done almost everything she can uh, at this step in her journey. Uh, just really makes me bummed that we didn't get to see Erica and Nancy and Tino last year having a shot yeah. at the NCAAs. You know, kind of one of those. What would it been? And then, you know, with with Nancy, we we really don't know. I I thought it was interesting. Uh, Chantel Jennings over at the Athletic, uh, I, she was the one I believe that first reported that Nancy had entered the portal. Uh, she keeps a running list of basically the portal shopping list of the top players, women's players in the portal right now that would be available. And Nancy Mulkey's number one out of every possible transfer target in college women's basketball, which, you know, she's a six, nine center that can block everything and has developed a pretty good, you know, offensive game and shooting streaks. So there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to like her and, and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously she's would probably, I don't know, you know, whoever the new coach would be, I would imagine you would extend a invitation to Nancy yeah. should she want <laughs> to come back. Uh, but, you know, either following Tina or she'll she'll be highly regarded or, you know, it, she might end up deciding to hang it up and, and go to grad school. There's there's just so much up in the air that we don't know. But either way, uh, we'll certainly miss her. And it was it was fun getting to cover her and watch her. And uh, that was the one thing is 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 great as Tina Langley was when Nancy Mulkey was on the court. The other team couldn't really do much more often than not. Yeah, I at this point, uh, I, I opined this on Twitter recently, but I they might as well, after three straight wins, just name the conference defensive player of the year award after her because. Yeah, <laughs> when she was on the court, nobody was scoring. Well, it was three years in a row. If she would have been there for the fourth year, you could have just, you know, written on, on the trophy before the season began. <laughs> but, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens. Rice has, uh, I guess, uh, probably next week or two, we'll probably start circling the wagons and, and hopefully lining up their next basketball coach. That would be nice. And then we'll get to the offseason. And, you know, at this point, while we, I guess, before we transition in, I, it should be noted, knock on all wood, that the men's program has been remarkably quiet and we're in, we're in mid April. That's, that's fantastic news. Actually, actually the, they've picked up a, a commitment. So they, they added a Carl Pierre who was a, a teammate of Travis Evie in high school and can shoot the three ball. I think it was like a career 38% shooter or something like that. So it's uh, not all bad news, I guess. We have some good news. The men are probably going to shoot, I don't know, 40% from three next year and try and <laughs> score 100 points a game. And that will be fun, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and we hopefully won't have to watch their best players go on to uh, make runs make runs in the NCAA tournament with uh, Power Conference teams. Uh... Yeah. We'll see. It's a, it is a, a life of a Conference USA program, and yeah. you just kind of roll with the punches, right? So as far as what we've had, it's it's been a pretty good run the past couple years, and, and hopefully things pick up where they left off. We'll have to see. I, 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 to some degree, I, I do believe that the, the candidate pool and the program 
women's basketball now is at a better place, obviously, than where they were five years ago. And there's definitely a proof of concept. So we'll have to see who they go after. It would be outlandish to expect the the run of the past three years. But I don't see any reason why, assuming you have your your core players like like Lauren Schwartz, that uh, Caitlin Crossway that that stick around you should still have another team that can contend in Conference USA. Yeah, I mean, there's no no question that, that Tina Langley kind of laid the footprint, laid the path for for what can be done. And, and, you know, there's no reason you can't hope for maybe not that same level of success. But but like you said, it's it's. She has certainly raised the, the profile of the program and 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 shown what can be done. So hopefully that. Uh, raises the prospects of the next coach. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. Yep. Uh, hopefully we will have more news to report on that front uh, pretty soon. But uh, I think we'll uh, go ahead and kick it over to Austin now. All right. We are here now with uh, former Rice wide receiver Austin Trammell. How's it going, man? Going pretty great. Just uh, training and waiting for the big draft day. Is it weird yet? Former Rice wide receiver. Uh, so I actually picked up my jersey in the uh, frame today. Uh, that kind of kind of set in a little bit whenever I brought that home. Um, but no, I mean I'm still just still grinding, still taking class. So it's not too weird. Life life hasn't gotten uh, sh- shaken up behind too much further than it already was over the past couple months. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's where we start because we were talking right before we got started that usually had this been a normal season, I would have seen you and shook your hand and talked to you probably 20, 30 times till you were tired of me. And uh, this year, I don't think I talked to you in person except over Zoom. So uh, what was it like, you know, trying to play a football game in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, um, it was pretty crazy, honestly. The I think the biggest thing was just the beginning of the year, um, how we were like, we're going to start fall camp like this date, like we're going to start and that date would come and we're like, well, guys, actually we're pushing back another two weeks. So then like, oh, dang, okay, we can wait another two weeks. And then that date would come. Oh, sorry guys. Like we got to push back another four weeks. And we're like, what the heck? Like, what are we supposed to be doing this whole time? Just waiting. Like, are we going to play season? Are we playing in the spring? It was just like we just wanted answers, but like no one could give answers. Um, and you just had to like practice, but not practice in condition, but not condition. It was like the weirdest, the weirdest thing um, to try to figure out how to get ready for a season that you didn't know when was starting or if it was happening at all. Um, and then once the season finally started, it, it definitely got more normal other than the fact that you had to get COVID <laughs> four times a week and traveling was different and instead of rooming with like another receiver i just roomed with my roommate back home just to like try to not have the the contact trace um so it was just crazy Uh, it was it was really you had to be able to adjust and just go with whatever changes happened um what two three games two three games it was uh, it was Friday and we were about to get ready to go on the bus and they were like, sorry, guys, like they had COVID. The game's canceled. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I just spent the whole week 
watching film, practicing, studying, and like it was all for nothing. And then Saturday, UTEP, freaking. <laughs> we are, we just finished watching the hype video to go play the football game, and then Coach Bloom comes in and is like, "Sorry, guys, like." games canceled like nothing we can do about it i think that was the hardest thing was to have that preparation all week and to be so ready to play a game and then it's just taken from you it, it made it really difficult to have motivation to practice the next week just because you're like we're going to practice and do all this and then it's going to be for nothing um so i think that was like it, it really helped a lot of guys grow um, mentally stronger um just because you you had to be able to take the change and just keep moving forward and not look back. Um, so it was just, it was wild, man. It was, I did not think my senior year would be five games. Um, in, November, in the late October, November, um, December, like I just, it was wild. Yeah. Cause by the time that I guess it was, I'll call it fall camp in quotes. By the time that started, it was already, I think like early September. Like yeah. the season had already been supposed to have started by the time y'all were going and other people were playing games. Yeah. No, I remember the first weekend um, watching these teams play and I was just so angry. Without... <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't even started fall camp and these like they're playing football games. I was like, what? Like I was, I remember being so mad, um, but it's yeah. Crazy. Everyone had it. Some teams played 12. Some teams played three so it's just you know everyone had a had a different circumstance and by the time you started it was it was literally fall camp like it was yeah. actually after <laughs> after the day of the season change yeah. Not the the fake houston fall camp where it's 110 degrees outside and <laughs> the hottest part of the summer but yeah that was wild um but i mean i'm, I'm kind of thankful for it because it just it, it made you grow um I mean, you had to mature. You had to get better mentally. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool in that aspect. Yeah, as a, as a team captain and a, a leader of this football team, you've been through a lot of the, the trials of a normal football season, and you can talk to people once they get hurt or they have a bad game or they drop a pass, and you, you have that repertoire already, you know, down pat. Uh, what do you say to, you know <laughs> – Andrew Mason and the younger wider, you know, Caleb Chappelle, who were just like, man, I just, I just want to get on the bus. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was really like what I didn't know. Like, it was like, what do you say? Cause like, this is the first time I've gone through this too, you know? Um, but I mean, really our whole mantra was just be prepared. Um, like no matter, like be in the moment, like when you're at practice where you can practice hard and prepare, like you're going to play a game. And if it happens, great, you're ready. If it doesn't happen, you close that and move on to the next and prepare just as hard for the next game. Um, so I think it's just the diligence of preparation. And that's something I respect coach Bloom and rice football so much is they, they've taught me how to prepare um, and not only for football, but just for life. Um, and I, I definitely appreciate um, that teaching and, and coaching that uh, Coach Bloom is, has uh, instilled in me of, of the power of preparation. Yeah, and that that process, you <laughs> played with a lot of guys, had a lot of coaches to, uh, positional on everything else over your couple years at, at Rice, kind of putting a bow on the, the 2020 season and just kind of looking back. I mean, we don't have to go down the whole list, but seventh all-time 
uh, and Rice receiving car r- receiving yards at ninth out to get three thousand all purpose yards, seven in receptions. If you'd have played a, a full twelve game season, <laughs> you you're probably knocking on the door of top five of uh, some of those numbers. Uh, has that kind of set in what you were able to accomplish personally, and then kind of where the program? You know, when you started catching passes, the program was in a very different place from from yeah. where you're leaving it now. No, for sure. Uh, I mean, like coming in, I had uh, pretty high hopes, and I was my my plan was to be up in the record books and everything. Um, That's just kind of the goals I set, and it, it stinks that this year kind of held back a lot um, because I mean I. I was planning on being second interceptions after this year. And uh, how many touchdowns would you have caught if you played 12 games with Mike? Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Infinite. There's endless amount of touchdowns that would have happened. Um, No, I don't know. I I can't, I can't say just because it's football and anything happened, but I I mean, it would have been a pretty crazy year um, with yards, receptions and touchdowns. Definitely. If you just, I mean, the three games showed anything. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy with my career. I've loved rice football, um, the good times, a lot of bad times. Um, but I, I've learned so much and it's, it's been such a, a big part of my life and who I am now. Um, just the lessons learned and, and the program has, it's grown so much. Um, it, it's crazy to see, how different it is from when I first got here to how I left. Um, and obviously uh, the coaching change is, is really different. Like for anybody, like that's hard to go through a coaching change, um, but it was a little easier for me um, just cause I only had six months um, with coach bailiff and then the coaching change. So it was a little easier for me, but it, it was hard for a lot of guys that had been in the program. Um, but it just it takes time to build a program and it takes time to um, kind of create and sustain the culture that Coach Bloom was trying to um, bring in. Uh, and I think now we're at a point where that culture is at an all time high. Um, and I think we have the pieces to the puzzle. Um, so, I mean, I think this year would have been if we played 12 games, I think we would have had a winning record and I think we would have been bowling. Um, so it just, it's unfortunate that COVID kind of messed that up, but I'm just excited for these guys next year. Um, Cause I know like it, it's there, like the culture's there and the mentality's there. Again, you're getting me, you know, pumped up for, for next year of rice football you mentioned you you have your jersey. I'm I'm sure if you wanted to, you could like break out the glass and, and put it back on. Well, you you have an extra year of eligibility should you have chosen to use it. What was that you know decision like in that process? Um, because I, after all you've said, I'm I'm sure it was not easy. Yeah. Um. I mean, going into this year, obviously my mindset was already that I was leaving because at that point I had no choice. So it, I, my going in, I was already set on like, this is my last year. And then after, like, I'm going to have to make it happen in the NFL. Um, but then obviously COVID rolled around and then they came out with giving guys another year of eligibility. And that just kind of completely threw my mind for a loop, man. I, I was struggling, um, trying to figure out what to do. Um, but I just, I just wanted to focus on the season. So I just 
focused on that and went through. Um, but whenever I got hurt and I kind of ended my season, um, <laughs> I had to make my decision pretty quick. Uh, reality, reality set in. Um, and I, I struggled with it for a long time. I mean, I, I talked to a bunch of different people, a lot of coaches, a lot of mentors, um, my family, just so many. I, I asked so many people, like, what should I, what should I do? What do you think I should do? Um, and everyone came to the same thing is I have no idea. Like, I feel like <laughs> you decide, man. Um, but like, I have no idea. Like I can't lead you into a better direction. Um, so it kind of just came down to me and the decision really came. So I got married, um, beginning of January. Um, Congrats. So thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and so that, that played, played a big role, um, because I'm just, I'm ready to get my life started and ready to provide for, for Katie, my wife. And, um, so that, that played a big role. And then just the other part is I felt I was ready. Um, mentally, most of all, I felt I was ready. I knew physically like not a lot was going to change from now into next year. My stats, my t- stats have been pretty consistent my whole career. Um, so I, my stats weren't going to change a crazy amount from this year to next year. Um, but like mentally, I just, I felt ready. I felt my competitive stamina, my competitive mentality was at its peak. Um, and just the way I approach the game, the way I train, the way I study, the way I sleep, the way I eat, um, I think it's at a professional level. And I just, I, I was ready to take that next step and I was ready for that next challenge. Um, so that's just kind of the, the main points that, that kind of came into it and what made me lean towards declaring. And then, you know, you mentioned your career and go through, I was trying to, you know, do a mental check. Do you know, I don't have the answer offhand. How many quarterbacks have you caught a pass from in a game at yeah. Rice? I've caught a pass from 10 quarterbacks from freshman year to um, senior year. In a game? Yes. That was impressive. You, you didn't even have to, like, count or anything. You had you had that one right off the top of your head. <laughs> I'm not the first to ask you, have I? <laughs> I feel every single scout that. Uh, and they, everyone is like, are you serious? Like that's and then insane. you go down the list. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I wrote it out of my phone one time just to make sure it's 10 quarterbacks. Um, so, I mean, there's one like one quarterback that played a couple snaps, but I, he threw past me and like, <laughs> I, kind of, I have a stat from him. Um, so, yeah, 10 quarterbacks, probably eight quarterbacks like that were le- like legit starters. Um, and the other two that played and I've had stats from that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Four years, 10 QBs. You might that. I don't, you know, I'm going to get in with the, uh, SID here. That's going to probably have to go in the record book too. Right. Uh, <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you mentioned, you, you mentioned talking with the scouts, I, I know you had a, uh, what, what do they call it? A, what are they, these it's, it's not an all-american bowl that's what they call it for uh recruits you went to a showcase our game yeah all-star game yeah uh what what was that process like getting that invitation and, and what did that actually look like in, in, in covid do you actually get to go down there and, and play game yeah so it was the college gridiron showcase up in fort worth um it was really awesome I had a great experience um, a big part of it was getting measurements um getting like these seminars of different people who've been in the league or the financial side, just kind of really 
cool seminars where like of stuff like I had no idea. So just cool kind of learning experiences. And then there was a day just it all all it was was just um, interviews with scouts. Uh, so it was like I think from like two like one or two o'clock till nine p.m. I was just like constantly interviewing with different scouts. Um, I think I want to say all 32 teams are represented, but there might've been 29 or 28. Um, so that was a really cool experience of just six, seven, eight hours of just constant like interview, like, Hey, like this team wants to talk to you. Hey, this team wants to talk to you. Um, and which I really enjoyed. Cause I mean, I just, I love talking ball and just high pressure situation of like NFL scout and them trying to figure out if you're a good person and a good football player. Um, so, I mean, I loved it. It was, it was super awesome. Uh, and then the next day they had like kind of a combine type showing. Um, but I didn't do, I didn't, uh, perform because I wasn't ready yet after surgery. It was pretty close, um, after surgery, but it was a really great experience. Um, definitely. I think it, if scouts didn't know me, they knew me after that. So it was, uh, definitely a worth going to. Did you get any – you always hear the stories about, like, from the, the NFL Combine and such about players getting asked really strange questions in the, the quick interviews they get. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. no need to name names, like, because yeah. we can protect confidentiality here. But did you – what was the strangest question you got during that session? Um, there – you know, there really wasn't any crazy, weird questions. Um, it was, like – it was a lot of we, it was a lot of talk about football, and it was a lot of talk about just me as a person and my. Um, so I I didn't I maybe there was it it was such a day and there were so many questions and so many interviews like I can't even remember a lot of them. Uh, but there might have been that weird question in there, but I I can't think of one specifically. We've all blurred together at this point. Yeah, seriously. Well, and you did. Uh, obviously, you are getting close to 100% because, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but close enough because you, you did work out and you'd had a pro day mm-hmm. last week. And uh, it was at University of Houston. And I was just kind of looking through once they'd posted all of your numbers. And I remember watching Marquette Stevenson when he was over here and playing in the Bayou Bucket. And he had a couple touchdowns that day. He did pretty well. Really fantastic wide receiver. And scrolling over and putting your, uh, not that it's a comparison name, but, you know, looking at the uh, agility scores and all those numbers side by side, and I'm, I'm looking you up, and I'm like, okay, you're a little bit faster. You're a little bit quicker. You can jump higher. And Marcus Stevenson's a, a really good prospect. What was the preparation like for you to, to get there? And then how do you feel like you perform? Because, you know, from a novice who, you know, maybe hand size might not be something I talk about every single day. Uh, it, it looks like a it was a pretty good day for you, all things considered. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a crazy couple of months, man. I had, so I had four attorney surgery four months ago. Um, and just kind of the rehab of getting back from that has been pretty crazy. Um, and with Coach Hans, I, I trained with Coach Hans um, and with him and then the trainers, um, specifically Deanna, um, they they helped me so much get back to one better than 100%. I mean, I I got to the point where I was in the best shape of my life and more explosive and stronger and faster than I've ever been. Um, so it was really a big credit to them and, and everything they were able to do. Uh, but it was just, you know, it was a daily grind. Um, I was very detailed in my training and detailed in what I ate and how I slept. Um, 
and man, it was just, I grinded for three months nonstop. Um, cause I knew how important pro day was going to be. And I knew how important those numbers are. Um, and it was, man, it was just a daily grind of it. Um, and I think all the work I put in and all the work that coach Hans and, and I put in, like it showed on pro day. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I don't, I really don't think any person there was going to expect me to jump 40 inches on vertical. Um, I mean, if you were to look at me in the street, you would know <laughs> 40 inches on vertical. Um, and you probably didn't think I was going to do 21 reps on bench. Um, but, I mean, I knew I was going to do the on-field drills really well. I knew I was going to run routes well. I knew I was going to catch the ball. Um, but those other little things, you know, it, it those mattered. And I think because of my pro day, um, I've had a lot more hype um, and a lot more scouts reach out. Um, and I think it's, the more, more still to come. Because a, a lot of teams have been asking for the the pro day film, and I, I impressed a lot of people. And that's that's good because we talk about, you know, especially this year was with with opt outs and everything else that people were saying, you know, I'm 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 focusing on prepping for the NFL draft, mm-hmm. and, and you hear people say that, but as someone who's done it, when's the last time prior to to, to draft training that you ran a forty yard dash that was timed? Like, I want to say with Hans, it was like <laughs> before, COVID, like 2019 summer, like forever ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, COVID really messed up because usually in the summers we'll do some combine drills and stuff with uh, the guys just to kind of have a feeling for it and have an idea before like you graduate and go through with the combine training. Uh, but yeah, no, I haven't done any of that stuff forever because we just didn't have an off. Um, so yeah, it, it has been a while since I ran 40. Yeah. I just, I remember it was really interesting talking with Austin Walter when they had the pro day, mm-hmm. I guess two years ago on campus and talking to him about where you put your feet and how you lean your body and all the techniques to, to go trim your time down for, you know, eighths of a hundredth of a second or whatever it's it's incredible how much of a almost training for a different sport than it is playing football because you've been doing football the whole time no for sure and that's like i was i was in such relief after pro day because i was like i can just focus on playing football and working out and not like doing 40 stance every day and working my foot on five ten five and three cone and just like all these like little things that you have to spend so much time like perfecting. Um, and then you do it and then no one cares about it anymore. Cause they have your, your <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's, I, I was, I was so happy to be done with pro day um, and just moving on to focusing on ball. Were there any parts of that process that you felt like actually did something to help? Uh, like aside from, from getting in this really incredible shape, doing all this, this training for it and rehabbing, like, was there any part of it that you actually did feel like kind of help improve your game? Because you do, you hear this a lot that like, there's, you know, there's aspects of, of these combine drills and these sorts of things that mm. it, it really is like training for something entirely different than football. And people make such a big deal of some things like, you know, a couple of years ago when like DK Metcalf was horrible in the agility drills. And then, you know, it turned out that DJ Met, DK Metcalf is actually pretty good at football and that, that stuff didn't matter so much, but, was there any part of it that you felt like actually made you better aside from just yeah. the general? Um, 
no, for sure. I think, I mean, just the training in general, I've gotten so much more explosive. Um, like just, if you would watch me just come off the ball in my stance, like you're like, Oh, Oh wow. Like that looks a little different than it did a year ago. Um, and just, I mean the, like the cone drills and all that stuff. Like, I mean, that just helps with your cuts. Um, helps with getting your foot in the ground, getting your cleats in the ground. So there are parts of it that definitely translate to football and help your football game. Um, but but all the little, like, details and techniques and stuff, it's it's to run a fast 40 and it's to run a fast uh, three cone or five ten five. But, no, but overall I've gotten way more explosive um, and def- definitely a better athlete than I was. And so – Pro day done. We got the NFL draft coming up. Uh, what what's next for you? I'm I'm assuming uh, your wife will be inv- involved and invited to any uh, draft festivities you have. But uh, do anything with family? You staring? Is it still you staring? You used to have the, the the TV camera with the guy picking up the phone call, still yeah. staring at your phone on draft day and waiting. Yeah, um, we'll see, man. I'm. I'm... I'm, I'm more of a laid back guy, so we'll probably just kind of chill and hang out with the family um, and just kind of see what happens. I'll be on the phone with my agent probably the whole day. Um, but no, it's good. Man. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I've had some really great conversations uh, with a lot of different teams. And um, I mean, it's it's one of those things that like it, it could come to the day of the draft and anything can happen. Anything can change. Um, so like it's it's just it's hard to hear things and like have these conversations and know like okay in two weeks of like all this could change like y'all could change your mind or like or maybe you could change your mind in a good way like it's just so many things it's so crazy um as i've learned about this process and i was talking to my agent today just kind of about the the end goal of the process and i was like oh my goodness dude so you're telling me like anything could happen at any time like yeah pretty much um so it's just it's just kind of a waiting game um, but you know what? I, at this point, I've realized that no matter what, I'm going to get an opportunity, um, whether that's fifth, sixth, seventh round or whether that's a priority free agent. Um, but I know I'm going to get signed um, at least by May 1st and I'll be able to try to make a team after that. So because, I mean, it's cool to get drafted and it's cool to be drafted high. But at the end of the day, like you have to go ball out and make the team or it it's for nothing. Um so I'm excited just that I know I'm going to have my opportunity um, and that's what I'm preparing for. Well, we, uh, we absolutely wish you the best of luck and we're, we're looking forward to catching back up with you down the road after you've uh, gotten that shot, had that NFL success and, you know, come visit us, us little people and, and check in and say <laughs> hi and we'll, we'll talk some football or, or anything else. I, you know, we've, we've Calvin Anderson was on here a couple weeks ago. We talked Marvel, so we can, we can, hit to any any rabbit trail we have when we have enough time but we did no, enjoy getting to catch up no for sure i uh, i appreciate you guys and uh, it's been a it's been a fun four years at rice um and y'all y'all are definitely a big part of um the rice football culture and and making it cool for a lot of guys so i appreciate y'all a lot in case he listens and yells at us that was christian uh on here on here talking talking marvel with us and not what did i say you said oh, gosh. oh man that was rubik's cubes that's right. We did. We we need Calvin back on. We have got a lot of Rubik's cube talk there. It's yeah. Can how long? How long can I use the COVID excuse of not knowing what's I going mean, on because of COVID? 
I still don't know what day it is, so I, I think it counts. We'll get there. Oh, man. Thanks for bearing with me, Austin. Thanks for uh, everybody listening. Uh, the rest of the football content, that was all good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right. Uh, thanks so much to Austin for joining us. Uh, it was great catching up with you. Uh, we obviously wish you the best of luck with the draft and, and everything going forward from that. Uh, thanks to everybody that's stuck it out with us and, and listened to this episode and listened to everything we've put out so far. We'll, uh, we'll keep going as long as y'all want to listen. So, uh, rice fight. Never dies. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.